everybody, what's going on? Rob Sesternino back here with Mike Bloom as it's day eight of our Survivor 46 preseason coverage. Two more Survivors to talk about. It's Randon and Soda here today with the man who went to Fiji and came back just for us. It's Mike Bloom. Nami, oh my, Rob, we are almost at the end, but first we have two great contestants to talk about as we continue to break down this Nami tribe. We're getting a nice helping of Randon noodle soup with a soda on the side. <laughs> Randon noodle soup? I had to fit him in there somewhere. Is his last name Noodle? No, uh, okay. but I think Randon compares to chicken better. This is my thought process. Is Rob, it like ramen? Up- is that what we're going for? Yeah, ramen, Randon. It's in that neighborhood. <laughs> I thought I you were going say. for a chicken noodle soup. Yeah, exactly. It works in multiple <laughs> levels. I'm multifaceted. I'm a complex creature, Rob Cesarino, to quote Mariah. Yes. Okay. So, up first, Mike, it's Randon. Randon of the titular Randon noodle soup. Randon, if you want to do some branding now, you're welcome yeah. for Randon, the idea. Brandon. There we go. Some Randon, Brandon. Randon, Randon is 41. Randon, don't call me Brandon. <laughs> exactly. Drop the B, keep the Randon, as we said during the kickoff show. Randon is 41 years old from Orlando, Florida, and he works in aerospace tech, though in my interview, he goes much more copiously into the, as he says, the random Randon work that he ends up doing. Okay. This is a fun one. Let's check out Mike's interview with Randon. You can, of course, watch all these. We've gotten so many nice compliments about Mike's interviews from Fiji Seriously. on the YouTube version. You can watch all of them on YouTube at robinswebsitecom slash YouTube. We'll come back on the other side of this to talk about our thoughts on Randon. My name is Randon Montavo. I'm 40 years old. I'm a technical consultant from a large telecom company. And part-time, I fix aircraft uh, for the United States Air Force. Part time? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, it's pretty cool. How often do you spend doing that a week? It's uh, one week in a month and two okay. weeks a year and uh, more depending on, uh, you know, the need. How did this interest possibly <laughs> pop up? It's kind of random, right? One mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the other. Or random. <laughs> <laughs> random random, right? Let's just let's just call it what it is. Um, you know, it's, it's really cool to get out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So I'm in front of a laptop all day, uh, troubleshooting technical things for the West region. Um, but I also love engineering mm-hmm. um, and sports cars. Unfortunately, there was no sports cars in the military. And I needed a hedge <laughs> on the market. Uh, so I joined the military. Um, I was interested in the Air Force. I was interested in working on aircraft. And I'm having a blast, man. It's it's awesome. Yeah. So, what does that involve? Are you actually like getting in the body of aircrafts and like, I, again, I have the most obtuse view of like, <laughs> were you with a jumpsuit and a monkey wrench, like taking it to a motor? No. First, let me dispel the notion: only four percent of the Air Force flies. Because I oh. know everybody. Every time I say that, they go, "Oh, you fly a plane?" No, I'm not Maverick. I'm not Goose. <laughs> We're not doing a remake. But you hope to be the top gun by the end of this. Sh- let me tell you, I would love to. Uh, so I fix uh, structural. Mm. Everything that has to do with structure. So on helicopters and C-130s, I assist the team. I am not the best, but I am. You know, I work as hard as I could, uh, yeah. as hard as I can. And um, it's been something I've been doing for about 13, 13 years now. And so how did you find your way into your other job? I've been working for that other job for 18 years. It was wow. actually first. Yeah, I've been working for a long time. Worked my way up in that company. Um, it's my f- best job ever. I absolutely love it. Uh, technical consultant. Uh, I know it sounds loaded, um, but I love troubleshooting very complex problems and i can't say exactly what it is of proprietary reasons but i it's 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 a blast for me to discover the what if Mm -hmm. 
So then oh, let's talk about the ultimate what if and ultimate <laughs> why. Why Survivor? What made you decide to add this onto your already loaded resume? Uh, uh, it's a tough one. So my family, my daughter specifically, and my wife watches this religiously. Mm. So they bet me one day. They're like, hey, you've been through a lot in your life. Uh, why don't you try Survivor? It's like everything you've... And I said, what are you talking about? We used to watch the show. And, you know, I've had a really, really chaotic uh, childhood. Oh, really? Right? Yeah, I've, I've, I've gotten to a point in my life where I worked so hard to provide for my family. And my wife was like, you know, you can do that. Um, you're probably not going to make the merge. And my daughter says, you're probably going to get voted out first. But, yeah, so you understand. Very competitive family, all right? Yes, very competitive, but also hopefully encouraging of like go do this dad you're not gonna do well but we'd no. love to see it she says um out of the group think of think of the person who would bring cookies and milk to your door she's like you're not that guy <laughs> so she says does she know you how many years you were santa claus no she says that i will probably she says if you twisted the ratio and said who would who look like to kill a chicken if you see it then your odds increase dramatically oh in terms God. of favor so i was like you know what honey um i'm gonna i'm gonna apply and i did because i like to put my money where my mouth is yeah my daughter says she's gonna have a number one party for me when i get back if i get voted out first Aww. So it's it's so bad that's that's not even funny like that's that's terrible i know a lot of people are like i'm doing it for my family you're like i'm doing it so my daughter won't throw a humiliating party for me when i get home my daughter is the ultimate troll and the most i love her to death but she is dying for me to lose in the beginning so i have a lot to prove you know it's, it's definitely a big deal for me i know that i'm gonna have to have a lot of talking a lot of relationship building if i don't i will be out faster than uh than you could say uh, a number one party yeah out faster than the engines you're repairing 1000 percent. yeah so when it comes to your own history with survivor yeah. you mentioned your your wife and daughter religiously through oh it was gosh. it just like through osmosis you were picking it up when do you feel like you really started looking at the show saying oh i'm enjoying this and i'm having a good time so my we started to have a family night mm -hmm. right and you know in these days uh you know family at the dinner tables is, is kind of a rare thing sadly yeah right we just don't do it so my wife decreed and i say decreed because she is the queen of the household <laughs> she says we shall watch survivor together so me, my daughter, and my wife, my son is too young, he's four. He doesn't like it, he calls us a biber. He's, he's, too, he's four, he wants to be on his iPad, so you know, no problem there. And we started watching it, and I started watching it during the, obviously, the Boston Rob, the Parvati, yeah. the Russell uh, era. Uh, we started watching it on various networks, uh, because you, we couldn't find all of them in one place. Now you can, I right. see. Uh, so that's pretty dope, or cool. I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself there. I don't know. People, people don't say dope anymore. Uh, but um, and then all of a sudden it became a thing and I started to really like it. Yeah. I like the dynamics of it. Now, granted, old Survivor and new Survivor, I say there's a difference because I see a cadence difference. Mm -hmm. And I also see the, the players are different. The type of players and the type of game is just so much more fast paced. Yeah. I mean, how tough is it going to be for you to not adjust for that because you haven't played in the old school oh era, God. but like from that thinking to this new style thinking. I just watched 44 uh -huh. and I just watched the fastest fire making person get one vote. Mm -hmm. I watched the person who I was voting for, Carolyn, get no votes. And she had, to me, in my opinion, one of the best games I've ever seen in the modern Survivor. Mm. And then I watched the guy who I didn't think he was gonna win, but he masterfully played the relationship social game, right. win the million dollars almost unanimously. Yeah. And was not a beast, in, he didn't find an idol to my knowledge. He wasn't a beast in challenges. He won one. He won last gasp. Mm -hmm. How is this possible? He wasn't the most fitness. Heidi, it was no, no what all due respect to Jam Jam, Heidi was a beast. Yeah. Um, and so this game is all about relationship building. And without that, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. I call it challenges, 
get you uh, to allow you to stick in the game longer, but um, relationships win the game. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So looking back through Survivor history, give me one winner and one non-winner that you identify with the most. I'm going to use Modern Survivor because I think it's cliche to go back to the old yeah. Boston Robs. Um, so the one that I identify with most, I would yeah, say, yeah. you're you're good people, you know, knock me like I mean, this is a big debate in my house. I loved Carolyn. Uh -huh. And I know I'm like a very different from Carolyn, right? In terms of personality, but you have to understand, like I relate to coming out of the shell and being doubted and being invisible uh -huh. something that's deep within my roots as my childhood. I related with that. I watched her, her takes from the beginning become, everybody was looking at her like she had no idea what she was doing. Yeah. And then at the end, when she revealed her game, which I think was her fault, it was, a, it was to her fault, but she could not help it. I think that changed everybody to realize she's not playing checkers, she's playing chess. Yeah. The person uh, you said I don't identify with? Or, uh, no, a winner that you identify with. A winner that I identify with. You know, see, I liked, uh, from a modern uh, perspective, I, like, I, guess I like opposites. Yeah. I liked uh, Marianne. Yeah. People say, wow, you're nothing like Marianne. Ah, but let me tell you something. I love the art of like relationship building and conversation. Marianne, they doubt, they counted her out. Everybody counted her out not winning. They brought her there because they thought that they can win if they brought her to the end. She would be a, like a misnomer. Like nobody would, would give her a vote. They didn't count the power of her voice and the power of her game. And some of the moves that she played with her throwing two on, uh, yeah. I forgot the gentleman's name. Uh, oh Yeah, you know, just... It was, I just, it was a masterful art of counting somebody out. You think they're invisible, they become visible. By the time you see them, it's too late. What do you think is the life experience that has prepared you most for whatever you're about to get into? Oh, well, you know, nothing really is like Survivor in life, but there are nuances that correlate. Right. Right. So for me, um, I didn't have a great childhood. Right. Um, I suffered. I was I ran away from the foster care system when I was younger. I know what it's like to be invisible, which is why I relate to some of the survivor winners and yeah. players. Um, I was I used to run away from foster care I used to be on the streets. Um, I don't know my parents. I'd have siblings that I actually don't even know. Yes. Wow. I know more about Jeff Probst than I do my own biological mother. Oh and I don't, I'm not proud of that. And I, you know, respect to her. I know she is alive somewhere. We, we're just not there. You mm -hmm. know, I just don't have that. I had a, a really tough childhood. And what that did was that it didn't, I'm 40 now, so I've grown a lot from it, but it gave me a certain sense of understanding the moment and being really keen on people, under, like relationships and understanding people um, from the experience of people not seeing me. And now all my life, I had a struggle to figure out how to be seen. I was an extreme introvert when I was a child and I still am. People yeah. don't know that. If I was on this beach right now, I would have a book and a glass of wine. I'd probably stay here for hours. Yeah. But guess what? Nobody sees you sometimes. And it's sad, right? It's, so I had to teach myself how to be an extrovert. Right. You have to be the social butterfly that's actually a mom. <sighs> oh, my God. The squeaky wheel gets oil. Yeah. And I had to teach myself how to do that. So you, people see and they're like, oh, I speak so freely. I'm, I don't have any hesitation. I trained myself. Yeah. Because if not, I just found that I just I, I mesh into the, the background. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, how is that going to carry over to the game, though? Because to the credit of the people you were just talking about, like they did a good job of kind of settling into that background. Is that something you're going to try to dip back into or considering the relationship aspect of the game? Are you going to say extrovert 24 seven? You have to play it, uh, I would say, day by day right. and situational awareness, I would say is very keen. So maybe one day 
I would look at somebody's game and when we're having a conversation and I see that they need me to be a certain way in order to motivate them a certain way. Mm-hmm. But you can't be full tilt, hands on. You look at Jam Jam, for instance. Yeah. He wasn't totally balls to the walls. I would say, I was, uh, that's a pretty bad term. I would say he wasn't 100% full on at all time with his funniness and his humor. He peeled back sometimes. He also had a great retort, I find, retort with, uh, with Carolyn. Yeah. Sometimes there was some cattiness going on. I can make a fire faster than you. You know, I think you have to, you have to, it's, it's like hitting, it's like driving a car. You have to know when to hit the gas and you have to know when to brake. If you do everything too much for too long, people will find out your game. They'll call you on it and you'll be taking a free flight home. Yeah. So that being said, what do you think people are going to perceive you as? You've talked so much about like your own childhood and you've talked about also the way that people talk about you. Is that going to play over to the beach or do you think people are going to base a lot off of first impressions, whatever those may be? Remember I told you, I do not have the first impression, I think, that according to my wife, that brings (laughs) cookies and milk on Sundays, right? Right, brings you that party at home. (laughs) Yes. So I think that this is, I think I'm going to have a really tough game. I'm not going to lie. I think the odds are heavily stacked against me. Interesting. I think that I, my likelihood, I analyze things. That's part of my other job. I think I have a very low outcome if I was to not play my, I have to play so hard to connect with people. If I don't connect with people, if I can't build a relationship with the, you know, using my words, because it's not going to be from, no matter if I win challenges, I know people are going to see me as a threat because my presence is a threat unless I speak to you. Yeah. And there, I already can tell you right now, I'm not the fastest. I'm not the fastest runner here. I'm not the fastest swimmer here. I'm not the tallest. I'm not the shortest. I'm not the strongest, right? So all we have is our bonds at yeah. this point. That's what has to be my bond. Yeah, but that's also a lot of what the new era is. Though, yes. You look at the better, harder, harder, harder faster, stronger people mm-hmm. and like they go at what? Like 10 through 7. And I think it's those people that are able to, to your point, navigate, be the hiding in plain sight to quote, you know, a past survivor winner as well and then be able to pop out to make those moves when necessary. Sometimes you got to know when quiet is a move. Yeah. Being quiet. Completely agree. <laughs> so that being said, are you seeking out those similar aspects in somebody else? Are you looking for a number one for a ride or die? Yes. I want an alliance, but I don't want an alliance. I think that everybody has seen 44 already. Yeah. We have the blueprint, right? I know that some people are going to try to recreate that and they're going to fail. Yeah. Because that's, you can't be them. That, that Three Stooges, that, that's in Set in Stone. That's a Hall of Fame. Yeah. And you can't recreate that. So for me, my alliance, I want a, a, my alliance to be like healthy tension, like chaotic. I want us to misdirect like we're not getting along, mm-hmm. like we're not really in alliance, but we're in alliance, but we're on a threat, uh, hiding on a line all the time. I want to be able to talk to somebody and say, hey, listen, when we're in tribal, act like you don't like me. You know what I mean? Like, and, and be nuanced about it. Don't, don't fake it. Just act like you don't like me. And like, don't, I don't want you to always like me. And I want some, I want to develop a sphere of people that understand that this game, we can't be buddies all the time, mm-hmm. you know, cause eventually somebody got to go. So let's talk about creating that sphere. You spend yeah. some days with some of these people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been gaining some impressions based on eye contact. Yes. Talk to me about some people first on the good side. Who are, who are you vibing well with just based on like, general stuff that if they hit the beach with you best case scenario yes i so i don't know their names of course they give me the give me the yes. descriptions but i can tell you that there's already um uh two survivors that i've seen two castaways that i've seen that really want to talk to me i can tell they're always looking at me they're always watching what i'm doing they're always they're they're studying me because they know that i can talk mm-hmm. right that's a gift and a curse because i they already i know that there's one person here 
Remember I told you I'm not the oldest, I'm not the youngest. I know yeah. that already, I can tell. And just because of the vibes, I'm just purely random speaking, being honest with you. That There's one person here who I'm gonna struggle the most with. Okay, give yes. me a description, who is this? All right, so she's a, uh, she's a beautiful, mature woman. Uh-huh. And I can tell you that she knows I have a feeling that she's been around in terms of like understanding personalities and she, I have a feeling that she's going to be the hardest. I'm going to have to get her out immediately. She wants to connect with, I think some of the females and I see the effort there. I see certain nuances, the looks, she won't make eye contact with me at all. Interesting. I noticed that. I, I actually, I tip my hat up to her <laughs> because I respect it. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be hard. There's another player, um, another female that I think um, she's not make eye contact with anybody. Huh. Yes, she's hardcore. And I can tell you that it's not hardcore because of no eye contact. It's just she under, you can tell that she knows what she wants in this game. The others are trying to be nice in the yeah. beginning. Now that can change. But I can tell you that, remember I told you, if I can't build a relationship, I'm going to lose. Yeah. I have to build a relationship where it matters. So it's either I get her out mm-hmm. because I could not do it. Like when I go into the game immediately, if I can't build a relationship with her, I want her out. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. She's got to go. Just means someone who's going to work against you. She's going to go where she's, she feels welcome. So then you mentioned a couple of people that you yes. felt were actively wanting to, to work with you. Can you describe those people to me? I'm super keen on that. <sighs> so uh, there's one brother. I, I describe him as... What is that guy's name? Uh, from Sparta? Okay. Okay, so he looks, he has like a beard from like a Greek god. Okay. It's ridic- and I'm a, like, it's just ridiculous. I don't know if it's real. I will, I will, I will ask him politely in person. <laughs> but he has this amazing beard, and I'm just saying this because I'm a fan of, uh, for the beard. Um, I've been trying to grow one for quite some time. Uh, Listen, so, you might have 26 days to do so. Oh, goodness, I have to shave it every month because of the military. Uh, <laughs> uh, so um, he's, I, I can tell that he's willing to deal. I, don't, I get a sense of him that he's been always checking out for me and mm-hmm. always giving me like, you know, it's hard because we're very restricted on what we can do. Right. But he's always cognizant of what I'm doing and he always gives me the, 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 the nods, the eyes, and I'm like, okay, brother, I see what you want to work. There's another dude, um, he's very tall. He's the tallest of the bunch. Uh-huh. So he, he can't miss him. Yeah. I can tell he was a swimmer or he does something in water mm-hmm. because he's always wearing uh, a, uh, like water gear, so salt life, everything. Either he lives by a beach he looks like a swimmer. I used to swim. He, he, something about him is very out there in terms of the water, right? Yeah. And he's always looking at me, giving me like, he's trying to give me a thumbs up. And I can tell either A, he wants to work, he wants to cook, mm-hmm. or he's pandering. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This, yeah. is, this, is a, this is a tough one. That's tough to mull over in your head. Again, when yes. you've got nothing but time and you've got nothing but vibes. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so let's say whether or not you're sharing a beach with them, it's like day two or three, a boat pulls up. Person walks out, you know what's happening. Pick one person to go on a journey. Are you volunteering? Are you going to try to get like someone else to go? What's your strategy for that? That's hard because well, I haven't developed a relationship yet, right? So sometimes you take the person that, like, remember I told you, you know, the, the, the young lady that I told you that um, I think would be hard for me to develop a relationship? Right. Sometimes I would have to tell my alliance, hey, you know what's going on. I'm trying to build our alliance further. In order for me to do that, a win is a win. Yeah. So if I take her and I'm able to break bread with her, maybe I say something in that moment when we're eating that makes the difference for us mm-hmm. later in the game. But you have to take somebody. I say you take somebody you're comfortable with and you take somebody that you're completely uncomfortable with. That will be a value who has relationships already to get you further in the game. That's, why, that's what I, how I would play it. So when it comes to advantages in general, I mean, you are such a relationship forward yeah. person and you've talked about with, with Jam Jam, for instance, how it's like, it's not a necessity, 
is it a desire? Is this something that you want to actively go for in the game? Advantages are tough. I mean, you, you, I see it. I, not, I feel like advantages now were such a catch-22. Right. You literally can lose your game if you if you pick the wrong beware advantage. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's hard, you know. It's like even idols are not gimmies anymore, you know. Even though you find them, they're not gimmies. I mean, they, they come with. Sometimes you pick up something and it's like, do I want to open this or do I want to put it back? Right. You know. Um. But I didn't play Survivor to be coy. I want to take risks. You know what I mean. Yeah. And the way I see it is this: Look, I know I'm going to have a tough game. I know there's going to be a lot of people probably not rooting for me because uh, you know they, they. I don't like I said. I I just if I I have to focus so much on that, it's going to be exhausting, um, especially without food. But um, I think that I will take risks, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to. It's either going to make or break me. But I didn't play here to be safe. I want to play like I'm going to be voted off every night. Yeah, well, your family might think that you are. <laughs> You're number one, Dad. Thanks, honey. Thanks. Well, from a preparation perspective, I mean, you talk about those social connections, but from like a physical, strategic perspective as well, what have you been doing before coming out here? That's a good one. So the so I've had a hard time. I, I mean, I, I'm a runner, so uh-huh. I do run. I run marathons, multiple. So I, I'm a. I can run probably 14 miles any day on the week, anytime I want. I'm just I'm conditioned for that. Um, I've been swimming a lot. I used to professionally swim. Oh wow! So I love swimming, but I am 40 now. So mm-hmm. I'm kind to say, hey, listen, you're not swimming the same way you did 25. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I could swim. I still remember my forms. I, I won't, you know. But I have to be very careful to know my lane. You know what I mean? I, this is a team game and uh, a lot of the stuff in the beginning until the merge. So I, I got to make sure that I'm placed in places where I know I can give the most impact. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, age, people say, oh, age, you know, but a number, it's a great song, Aaliyah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, um, I have to be very, very careful because you can get voted out if you don't, you know, cut your end of the bargain. Yeah, 100%. When it comes to decision making. Yes. What's your process? Are you someone who like, maps out a decision tree in your head? Are you someone that just goes with your gut? How do you usually make important decisions in life? So being a, obviously a technical consultant and in the military, a lot of things are calculated, mm-hmm. right? But I make, I try to make decisions um, as seamless as possible, meaning like I should use humor. And as I'm trying to analyze something, I don't want you to feel like I'm writing arithmetic on a paper. Mm-hmm. I want to like make it fun. Yeah. So sometimes when I'm joking, it's because I'm nervous or it's because I'm thinking about what we're talking about and my, my, my brain can go into a mode where I'm just like joking with somebody and meanwhile, I'm trying to think about what they're thinking about now, why this person is doing this. And joking is very easy for me sometimes in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's really a deflection. It's really just, it's, it's for me to process what's going on. Um, so I, I do like to think ahead, but I think situational awareness in this game can, you have to make split decisions, split hair decisions very quickly, very fast sometimes. Because if not, you can come out and somebody could say, Some, you know, that didn't feel right. Yeah. You're thinking too long about supporting me. Why did you, did you throw my name out or not? Yeah. You know, if you say, oh, I don't know. Uh, well, come on now. Jam Jam, if you look at his game last season at 44, he said, hey, did you vote me out? And he made a joke and he got the person to say, yes, I did. What happened to that person? They got a free flight home. <laughs> yeah. It works. It, it definitely does. It works. What would you say is your hottest survivor take? Your most controversial opinion could be about a player a season the show in general all right so i'm gonna stick the the the, uh, this is a hot deal uh topic in my family okay all right because we watched 44 to like i said it was it was really it was really hot seated so my daughter was going for carson Mm -hmm. 
my wife was going for Jam Jam, and I was going for Carolyn. You were a Three Stooges household, right? My goodness, I wanted Carolyn to win. Yeah. I thought she won. Mm-hmm. She was getting directions and like Air Force guidelines from <laughs> Carlson. Did you see it? Oh, of course. He's I like, and I saw the stage mom. Absolutely. And he didn't even put a vote in for her. Yeah. I was like, what is this? I guess, you know what? But I, to, to his respect, I do work near NASA. And I, he probably quantified that Jam Jam through his game maybe earned it. But I, I really thought Carolyn had that in the bag. Yeah. And I didn't understand how she didn't get one vote. It just tells you how dynamic the game has become. Yeah. Her, her, the beginning first take to the end first take to me was, was like art. It's astounding. Yeah. And then the other thing as well, though, is it depends on the people that you sit at the end with. You spoke about it before that like, and I think Jeff put this in the after party. If they had two votes, they probably would have put one on Jam Jam and one on Carolyn. And sometimes it was just, I'm picking between the Tikas. I'll go with Jam Jam over Carolyn. It was, it's crazy to, to even... It was, it took, it was a lot of nights of arguing <laughs> nicely in a family setting, but... Spirited debate. Yes, yes, yes. It was, it was astonishing. Well, to finish things off, if you could bring a celebrity or a fictional character out for a loved one visit, <laughs> who is it? No wife, no daughter. They're staying home preparing a the celebrity. party. celebrity. Celebrity or a fictional character. Oh, oh that's hard, man. You know, I, uh, a lot of people are going to laugh at me about this, but I'm going to keep it real with you. Okay. So... I'm a Tom Cruise fan. Okay. I've been a Tom Cruise fan since I was a kid. A lot of people don't know that about me. They're like, oh, you know, I don't cheesy. But guess what? I like Tom Cruise. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a renaissance, right? Between yes. Mission Impossible, between Top Gun Maverick, especially. Oh my gosh. Like- and Jeff Prost. I don't know if you know this, but have you ever seen him come out of a helicopter? His hair... His whole vibe, I think this guy is like the, the Tom Cruise of hosts. Ah. He gives me vibes. Because, you know, Tom Cruise flies planes. Right, yeah. He does his own stunts. Yeah. And, I, I, and I've watched Jeff one moment, and I, I, you know, I, he came out of a helicopter. You can YouTube, too. And he's just got this vibe that just, like, it's so, like, classic. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, where, where he goes beyond this show, I don't know what happens. But that is iconic. He's an icon. Tom Cruise is an icon. He's an icon. Well, you know that when you win this million dollars, you're going to tell Jeff, show me the money, right? Oh, my goodness. You show me the money, Jeff. And I want to be on the On Fire podcast to ask him that as a question live. <laughs> there we go. We're manifesting this. We are good to go, man. That is, that is all she wrote. This was, this was fantastic. It was a pleasure, honestly. The pleasure was all mine. Yeah. This was so great. I really wish you all the best. And, you thank know, you. Thank you. What's to come in these next few days and then once you get out there. But it's, I, I really love getting to talk with you. You, get your, you have a really good head about your shoulders. I think and that's what I think 40 years on this planet will do to you. And I'm, I'm really excited. Thank to you. see, you know, what's to come for that party to never happen. <laughs> I agree. It was a, it's so easy to talk to you, too. Thanks, Thank you man. so much for making this easy. This is all new. All right, Mike, there you have it. There's Randon. Yes. Uh, so what party are we throwing for Randon? Rob, is the first one party happening? Is it which number one are we referring to? <laughs> I think that I'm going to come down closer on that Randon ends up being the number one overall than the uh, number oh. one out of the season. Interesting. Sorry, sorry Randon's daughter. You think your dad's going to end up being good at Survivor? I don't think you're a Survivor prognosticator. For some reason, Rob, as Randon was telling me this story, all I thought about were your children. Mm-hmm. Because from the stories you tell so much on the yeah. 5 for 5, your sons love to troll the hell out of you. Right. Yeah, we said this in the opening show. Like, uh, these, like, kids and spouses, they're like, <laughs> daddy is dumb. Isn't dad a stupid idiot? Doesn't he know nothing? Uh, it's like, no, actually, like, uh, a lot of people respect me in my profession 
professional world. It's just <laughs> you people that I put all of your food on the table who don't respect me. You know, maybe it is that sort of reverse psychology thing that you are providing so much for them that they're not as grateful for it. It really is like Survivor in that aspect. When you go away and you deprive them yeah. of what you provide, then they realize how good they have it. No, you know what? Because it's like in their like little world where maybe like, uh, you know, maybe and this is not every family, but, you know, often like, uh, you know, that the kids in, in, in many households, not all the households, OK, uh, that maybe dad is out of the house more and maybe doesn't know exactly where the fruit snacks are. And this is like the lens in which maybe the children view the world of like, dad, you idiot. Don't you know where the dog's leash is? It's kept over here, moron. You don't know anything. And maybe- now- that that's like like oh i guess my dad is a buffoon because he doesn't know where our sneakers are do you think maybe the reason why Randon's wife said that he's not the type to bring milk and cookies to his kids is because he doesn't know where they are? <laughs> maybe. It's maybe. not so about this meaner, more yeah. hardened persona. It's just more so I don't know where it is in the fridge. The fridge is voluminous at this point. Yes. And so this is relatable that he's doing this despite his family. And <laughs> <laughs> No, but I but think- that, that aside, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I'm waiting for the Gabler uh, endurance challenge where he's just like, this is for my family. Screw you, Mrs. Randon. Yeah. No, I, I thought that Randon, I thought, came across uh, very polished. I thought that he seems like somebody who is very capable in this game. That to me, I, I was getting like a little bit of Jesse from Randon. Huh. And, you know. Like, you know, and I know Jesse a little bit personally. So, like, I feel like just like that Randon seems like a, you know, a, you know, a grown up who is coming into this game. I don't think that he's necessarily looking to discover himself. Uh, I'm interested to see how he is going to mesh with some of the more eccentric characters, both on his tribe and on this season. But I do think that he seems like a very like polished contestant coming into this season. And I think that comes with life experience. I mean, this man has certainly been through a lot between, uh, you know, a bit of a tough upbringing between being in the military. I think he has a certain amount of discipline and sense of self. So, Rob, I've teased this that basically in every tribe, I've kind of pointed out an X factor and enigma of someone who. I really don't know how they're going to do in the game. Yeah. Randon is that person on Nami for me. I get such big Roxroy Bruce vibes from Randon. I very much think this is going to be that guy who is a father, is one yeah. of the older cast members. I think like Bruce, Randon comes from a background in the foster care system and kind of had to gain that tough exterior early on. And I think maybe I'm so more so looking at the uh, glass of milk and cookies half empty, if you will, in that I'm just taking him what he's given me. And he told me in the interview that he's going to have a tough time in this game because of a possible personality conflict. 
Yeah, but I think that if he's aware of that, like, I feel like it's less likely to happen. And maybe he does end up being like somebody who's very headstrong. But I kind of got the sense from listening to Randon that I do think that he will be somebody who will listen to the other people that are around. And I think that he will be able to take feedback from people and isn't coming in and saying like, hey, I'm the alpha of this tribe. It's my way or the highway. If you don't like what uh, Randon's rules, then get the hell out. Like, I, like <laughs> I, I didn't get the sense from him. He uh, like I, I thought he, he seemed like somebody who uh, was going to be able to like have like a give and a take with people. Now, does he land on the beach and try to like assert his will a little bit too much, perhaps? But uh, I'm feeling pretty good about Randon. What I do like is his multifacetedness, which all of these people are. But I'll admit I was very surprised when I was asked about that winner, non-winner comparison question. He mentioned Carolyn and Marianne. And he mentions like, I like opposites. And I do not besmirch any of these castaways whatsoever for like seeing themselves in other contestants that might look like them or remind them of themselves. But I did find it very interesting that Randon's was maybe one of the most introspective answers we've had to that question that with Carolyn, he's been in that situation where he's felt, you know, underestimated, feeling invisible. Yeah, by uh, his family. Yeah, exactly. By his own family. Uh, For Marianne as well. I think that he would be a very different type of archetype to represent that idea. And again, while there's no real personal growth narrative, I think attached to this though, you never know. You're never too old to like learn something about yourself. That could be a really interesting path for him to go on. That really intrigued me as to his choices in players. I just think that Randon, I agree, is not going to necessarily stand out immediately as like, oh, he's not going to get along with these kooky characters, especially since he is going to be on the kookiest tribe in Nami. What I am a little worried about is when I talked with him about the Ponderosa perceptions, he's talking about like, oh, you got to watch out for those women. There's a female Mm -hmm. alliance on the horizon. I am a little bit worried that like if Nami is in trouble early on, is he going to push that? a little too hard. And I think if he did, that's the wrong time to do it. Because remember, these people just watched season 44. And what was one of the most resounding critiques of Survivor 44? Mm -hmm. Too many women voted out in the pre-merge. I do think that's going to be, I would imagine, a bit of a subtle influencer in these first few rounds of this season. I know you say that like, when push comes to shove, these players don't tend to take previous seasons in mind. But I do feel like when there's something systemic like that, and given the tone of this cast, I would not be surprised whatsoever if initially in these first few rounds, tribes are wary to vote off younger women, especially knowing what just happened. Yeah, I think that... um It's hard to say and hard to really prognosticate that. I think we talked about that uh, potentially being a concern in season 45 and then uh, it didn't really end up changing the way that decisions were being made, at least from what we saw, like on when people were actually on the beach in season 45. So I guess that's, you know, interesting preseason talk, but we'll see if it actually means anything when we get going in Survivor 46. I I do want to like go back to one other thing that Randon uh, talked about in his interview. I thought he had a great answer when you talked about his loved ones visit, his famous loved ones visit. And he talked about how he would like to see Tom Cruise as his loved ones visit. 
And he made the comparison of Jeff Probst uh, is the Tom Cruise of hosts. And I personally, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but even recently, I had this same thought. And I think yeah. that there is a lot of like shared uh, like DNA, uh, not literally, but like I feel like that Jeff Probst and Tom Cruise are cut from the same cloth. I definitely think there's a maverick quality in Jeff Probst, even though Randon claims that he does not. And I also love that as well, that like he insists only 4% of people who work in the Air Force go up in the air. But of course, he's going to pick someone from Top Gun when I ask him about his <laughs> sure. celebrity loved one. Listen, he can only stray so far from home. I mean, the way that he was describing him, sort of like doing his own stunts. Now, I feel like maybe that's more of a Phil Kogan thing, considering how much he jumps into everything that he's doing. But Jeff sort of has that attitude to him and has had for a while. And also to make a more direct comparison, I mean, you and I have seen Jeff Probst in person multiple times. I will admit a bit on the shorter side than maybe <laughs> well, you I wasn't would even imagine. like that. That wasn't even part of my calculus. But you, know, but you, you were you, thinking it, Rob. No. <laughs> but like, like, could you not see like Jeff Probst jumping on the couch? Like, uh, could you not oh, yeah. see like, uh, like, you know, you hear these stories about Tom Cruise on the set. He's like, control, yep. like wants to be involved oh, yeah, with the, everything. The, yeah. The way that people talk voluminously about like Tom Cruise on the set, supporting all the crew. That is Jeff Probst in Fiji. I have seen him do exactly that. He helps and shouts out everybody on that crew yeah and i bet that like probably age-wise i bet they're probably like pretty close and also like i just think that the two of them that you know for people who you know you think that maybe they might start like wanting to slow down like i feel like it's almost the opposite like uh both, both of these guys are like super motivated like high achievers and want to be involved i feel like in seemingly more aspects of the things that they are working on is survivor guy the xenu uh, <laughs> i don't know I also don't know. I'm not, uh, yeah I'm not going there uh jeff, I'm just... Probe, jeff probe's only seven months older than tom cruise tom cruise born on july 3rd i did not know that yes he was not ironically enough born on the 4th right. of july <laughs> right yeah I, I do think that like uh i wonder if if uh jeff would think that that was a flattering comparison i think he uh, might I think he might. I think he's a fan of like the cinema of these big popcorn action movies. And so I think it, it's a compliment to me. Uh, I think what he represents, uh, granted, again, there's a lot of baggage that goes attached to Tom Cruise. I don't think Jeff necessarily brings that in, but I think sure. that vivaciousness and two, passion. Two, like literally different people. Um, yes. But like, I think that there is like a, some some similar qualities for sure. So going back to Randon, Another thing that I really appreciated him vocalizing is when I asked for what he's looking for in an alliance, he says, everyone has seen 44 already. We have the blueprint. I know that some people are going to try to recreate that and they're going to fail because you can't be them. And as much as we really talk up some people that I've spoken with previously who, you know, Kenzie, oh, I'm like a love child of Jam Jam and Carolyn. Jess, oh, I want what Jam Jam and Carolyn had. I think Randon brings up a very salient point of, the reason why Survivor works is that every single season, there are different personalities in the mix. It's a finite amount of options you can make strategically with an infinite amount of personas in front of you. And I think he was talking very, again, like you said, soundly and reasonably in saying like, yeah, everyone wants a Three Stooges alliance. That's not going to happen, especially considering we just saw it happen two days ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see uh, what the effect of the Three Stooges are ultimately on Survivor 46. But 
I, I don't know how much you could necessarily like recreate that. Yeah, I think it is very special. And in some way, not to mention, now everyone's going to be looking out for that. I, I am going to be really intrigued, especially if we continue with the full tribe swap from 45. Like, how much will original tribe loyalty matter yeah. now? Are we going to have an, a microscope on, okay, you started the tribe on this person. We don't want another Tika 3 situation. But I've talked about over these last couple of seasons about how, like, I feel like that sort of there is a... Um, a little bit of camouflage in being an eccentric personality. And, and I do wonder if that ha will sort of like waver where now being more of like a, you know, uh, eccentric, eclectic personality maybe makes you more of a target because it's like, wow, that person is just is, is super likable and that's a dangerous person. Mm hmm. I think Randon, if he makes it through those initial initial stages, if he's able to find his people to fit in on Nami, I think that's another reason why I'm a little bit colder on him than you are. Is just like, I don't get a sense as to where he's going to fall in this tribe. Again, this is a bigger, more colorful tribe. And I would say Randon is arguably one of the most grounded personalities of these six. Mm -hmm. And that makes him a bit of a standout in a group that are full of other people that would usually stand out. I agree. He's settings. on the wrong tribe. I feel like that if he was on the uh, Sega tribe, I, I feel yeah. like that uh, that might be the better landing spot for him uh, with uh, sort of like a little bit more of like a less of like the really wild personalities. Yeah, we say that, but then I ask him, uh, you know, who are you looking out for? And he said that uh, he can't work with that mature woman who I'm assuming is Maria. Okay. And also, right. uh, he mentions a dude with a tall swimmer body. Jelinski messaged me to say that he believes he's referring to him, which I think <laughs> does make sense. He has a bit of like that Michael Phelps build to him. Whoa. Okay. So, all right, let's see how it goes for Randon. Yeah. Uh, again, I think the good news about these Roxroy Bruce types are that, hey, they weren't voted out in the pre-merge. The bad news about those types is that Basically, they were voted out the first opportunity you could in the post-merge. I think if Randon does make it through this initial stage, he does vocalize to me that like, hey, I'm not the fastest, I'm not the strongest, but he can perfectly kind of fit into that middle area where I don't know if anyone's targeting Randon in the middle part of the game unless he really stands out. So I do think, ironically enough, the first portion of the game is going to be the hardest for him, we'll see how he meshes in with Nami. If he's able to kind of just like step back and try to enmesh himself in with these bigger personalities, I think he does have some staying power. Otherwise, you know, uh, keep the cake warm, honey. Uh, there might be some candles to blow out sooner rather than later. Keep the cake warm. Okay. All right. <laughs> We've got one more person to talk about today, and I think it's one of Mike Bloom's favorites. We are going to uh, like pair our cake with some soda when we come back right after this. Okay, Mike, second person of the day. Let's talk about soda. Gulp, gulp. It's soda. <laughs> yep, that's right. Drink it down. Drink in this interview I have with Soda Thompson. She is 27 years old from Lake Hopatcon, New Jersey. She is a special education teacher, a former camp counselor as well, and... As soon as I start talking with her, you can understand why she very much has that energy. Okay. 
Let's listen to Mike's interview with Soda, and then let's come back and talk about it. And of course, you can watch uh, the full interview on our YouTube channel, robiswebsite.com slash YouTube. Here is Soda. My name's Soda. I'm 27, and I'm from Long Island, New York. And what do you do for a living? I'm a teacher. What do you teach in particular? I teach elementary school special education. Nice. Is this something that you've always wanted to teach, or was this something that you found yourself doing? I found my passion later on in life, but um, (laughs) yeah, definitely it's my passion for sure. Have you always wanted to be a teacher? No, I really didn't. I never wanted to work with kids, and then I found it to be a very healing experience for me, and now I can't imagine not doing it. Well, especially with special ed, right, because that is such a hands-on experience where Mm -hmm. you truly are tracking someone's development as a person. 100%. Very, very diligently tracking their development. It's very important. And they need a lot of, like, accommodations, but also rigor. Like, they need to be tested at the same difficulty that other students might be, but in their own way. Sorry, we're going to have to do that all again if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, But we can jump right into... So, let's do... Age, name, and occupation this time. Okay. My name's Soda. Um, I'm 27 years old, and I'm a teacher. So what do you teach at school? I teach elementary school special education. Did you always teach special ed, or did you find yourself? I didn't always teach special ed. I didn't always teach at all. I just found myself later on in life finding this as a passion. What were you doing before teaching? I was a camp counselor and a director so always, of summer camps. Been with kids. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But since college, like before, I mean, I guess that's where you start working. So yeah, since college. Has it always been just like wanting to have experiences with children, like through that developmental cycle? No, honestly, I was so not like so against working with kids when I was younger because like I had a really like dysfunctional, tumultuous childhood. So, you know, I didn't really like kids because I didn't really like myself, but I found working with students to be really healing and they're actually super awesome. And I can't imagine not working with them. So yeah, that's the thing that I find from like the limited scope that I talk with teachers on survivor interviews about, I guess, uh, is like this idea that you discover a lot about yourself through those people that you're interacting with, especially at such, I imagine, a foundational age. Yes, it's 100 percent foundational. Like they need to learn real people skills like as soon as they're out the womb, like communication, like advocacy for themselves. It's so important. So I'm there to like give them that push they need and the tools they need to be independent with that kind of thing. So then what brings you to the survivor classroom? My what made goodness. you decide to step foot in the sands? Of oh my PG? goodness. I've been playing survivor in real life for my whole life. So this seemed like the ultimate hero's journey for me. I've been picking up pieces of myself from all over the world and all over different places and putting my puzzle together. And I know there's a piece out here somewhere and I'm ready to find her. Maybe she's wrapped up inside an idol. Who knows? I was going to say, it could be a puzzle piece island. <laughs> You might have just manifested something. Mm, oh, I'm all about manifesting. The universe has brought me through so many things. So I am so glad to be here. I feel like I belong here. Elaborate on that, that you have kind of lived survivor your entire life. I mean, I really grew up in a really dysfunctional household. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the person raising me dealt with mental health challenges. I didn't know my dad. He battled with addiction. I know that because my biological mother battled with addiction and I found him recently and he confirmed that for me. Um, And so, yeah, from a young age, I kind of had to just make my own way. But I fell into education um, as a way to kind of be myself outside of this kind of dysfunction in my home. So that's how I was able to kind of free myself. And also why I have a passion for education, because I've just always loved going to school. It was like my way out. How, what's your experience with Survivor? Is it a show that you've always watched? Did you come into it recently? I came into it like maybe, I don't even know, maybe like 
four years ago, three, okay. four years ago, I've been like binging every season ever since. And it's just like something that I'm hooked on. Like every every time the season comes out, I'm right there. Like I'm ready. Like I'm ready spaghetti. Like I love Survivor, the thrill of it. And I love talking shit from my couch, but also like I'm going to go do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like and not necessarily talking shit, but being like, okay, this is what I would do. Oh, see, that makes sense. I would totally align with that group of people. I'm like, mm. why is she doing that? Is she crazy? And now I'm going to figure out why she's doing that or whoever that is because I'm out here doing it myself. Well, so. let's look back on the past a little bit, things you may or may not have screamed or cheered at. Give me one winner and one non-winner that you identify with the most from Survivor. Oh, my gosh. Okay, non-winner, Carla, because Ooh. she's so badass and she's yeah. a bigger woman. I've always been a bigger girl. My body weight's fluctuated so much, but she came and she conquered. It's like, what What about the big girls? Heck yeah. And she's like super sociable and sassy and spicy. And I just really like identify with that. Um, and a winner? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Everyone's going to say I look like Marianne. I really feel like that's going to happen mm -hmm. because we're giggly and bubbly and I feel like we have like the same cheeks and we like always have our mouths open. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel like we look alike, even though she's a lot younger than I am. But I'll I feel like um, socially she's really likable. And so that's something that I I feel like I have like really strong social skills and social skills like Shan, too. Like she's so calculated but she's an active listener and that's going to be my keystone to my game is just actively listening and trying to like fit into all these different groups of people that are forming. So. Would you say that's like your biggest superpower that you're bringing in? Oh, 100% my social skills. Like I will crack jokes. Like I will find the perfect little moment to crack a joke and like make someone laugh and ease the tension. And they'll be like, oh, I want I want soda around. I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> now, what's your kryptonite on the other hand? Ooh, gosh, you know what? I feel like I don't know how I'll do physically, even though I feel like I'm a strong person. Um, something that really gets under my skin is like repetition of the same thing over and over again. That'll piss me off. Oh, my God. Or like staring into my soul, which people are already doing. I'm like, can you please stop? Who? People that you're everyone. Everyone. Yes. I'll literally be minding my business. And they're like. So now you have me like watching my own eyes be like, <laughs> OK, am I doing this? No, I'm not no. Sure. I mean, those people, you know, the, the other players. I'm just like, oh, my God. Um, but I'm also like. I'm an empath, so feeling is a really big part of, like, who I am as a person. And I use feeling to educate me on how to interact with other people and to learn about other people. So that could end up being an Achilles heel, but I'm not going to make emotional decisions, but I'm going to use emotion to get the information I need to inform my decisions, if that makes sense. Or at least I'm going to try my best. I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> how, how tough are you anticipating that, that being? I mean, we saw it last season that, like, when you get to know these people, it can be yeah. so tough to crush their dreams. I know. You just have to, you have to have some sort of mantra to kind of get you out of, to put you on autopilot in a sense. That's like, it's a game, it's a game, it's a game, it's a game. As much as that hurts and it's crushing, and I don't understand that yet. You know, I will be crushing someone's dream or someone will be crushing my dream or whatever, knock on wood. Um, you have to remember that it's a game and we're pawns in a game. And at the end, someone's going to win a million. I'm really trying to make that be me. And hopefully everybody can respect that, yeah. you know, so that we all come out of it like feeling betrayed, but being like, good fucking move. Yeah. Amen. You know what I mean? Do you have a moment like that in Survivor history that's your favorite of like, love this Jesse move? Jesse and Cody, man. When Jesse was like, huh, and Cody was like, all right, I'm gonna dap you up. That to me is Survivor. Like, that's so good. Or when Drea, like when she got voted out and she was like, ah, she was like celebrating and laughing and everybody yeah. was like almost hugging. That to me is like, let's do it. Like, I might hate you if you vote me out, but we're gonna hug at the end of this. It's gonna be amazing.
Well, I do want to talk about that in terms of Alliance members, because are you coming in looking for that ride or die like Jesse and Cody? Are you coming in looking for no. anyone in particular? Honestly, I'm coming in trying to be as flexible as possible. I feel like that's another one of my strengths is I'm adaptable. So I need to be able to honestly move between alliances when it's necessary. I mean, you know, riding an alliance to the end can work out. We've seen it. We saw it with Tika, you know, but also like I feel like fluidity makes other people in different groups of different groups like kind of like like you more or have knowledge of your game more which is also really important so i mean of course i'd like to have somebody who stick to the side of me maybe one number one yeah but somebody who's so aligned with me that we can both be like all right i need to go tag on this person i need to go tag on that person this is like i'm i'm describing a perfect survivor world it's probably not going to happen but we'll see you're all about manifesting though yes so, like, i am let's make, honey, that, let's make that perfect honey. person happy i'm here right now exactly. like come on anything can happen so i'm up for it let's talk about perceptions because you, you mentioned it a bit with like the marianne of it all but how do you think you're going to be perceived um i i think people are gonna think i'm funny that i crack a lot of jokes i have to be careful with that because if i'm always like if people think i'm looking to be funny and looking to be sociable too much then that could be perceived as a threat or annoying. It could go either way, social contract. Um, but I think people are going to perceive me as smart, calculating, adept. Like, I'm not going to try to like hide necessarily like all of my wits because I want uh -huh. people to see me as useful as like contributing something. Um, and we'll see how I do in challenges. I personally think I'm strong. I can hold a lot of weight, you know, things like that. But I've never run a Survivor Challenge, so we'll see what happens when I get out there, and that'll also alter people's perception of me, probably. Well, let's talk about the people that have been staring into your oh soul for the past few days, because I'm sure you've been looking back and yeah! making, making your own judgments. <laughs> well, so I know that you said you wanted to be adaptable and flexible, but is there anybody out there, any people that you get good vibes with, that you're yes. like, best case scenario, we're on the same beach together? Yes, I'm a vibe person. My Sodar is always looking for Sodar, things that are going up. A hundred percent. That is incredible. She's a real thing. My Sodar <laughs> is like antenna that my feelers go at. And I'm like, what is that I smell? Like, oh, you flipped your hair. So you're looking at me with a little side smile. Love it. Love it. We're going to do that again later. We did it three times. Perfect. There's um, it's just like, you'll know her when you see her. She's like so beautiful. She has like, um, she was wearing like orange pants and like a cute little white like top. Mm. I vibe her so hard because we are always smiling at each other, which is really hard because we're really not supposed to be like letting each other in too much. Yeah. But I would totally align with her. Um, who else was I really feeling? Um, there's this chick who's dressed so wildly. She came in with a fresh Prince of Bel-Air shirt on the first day. <laughs> She's got like this headband around her head and glasses on and curly red hair really vibe her because like the first time I looked at her, she was like, you know, yeah. and I was like, oh yeah, you're my people. Like yeah. we, we, we have a really hard time with poker faces, but we have to bring it in. Yeah. We're you're not trying. saying you'll home smell you later to her. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah. And then there's this black guy. I can say that cause I'm black. He's got blonde braids. He's amazing looking. He is like, so like giggly. His skin is like porcelain and he's just like bumping, listening to his own music in his head all the time. I'm like, I want to know. I want to know what you're listening to. Yeah, like, his I, own need, I need to know that. So yeah, these are people I'm like sussing out, and a lot. Of, I think everyone's just so beautiful. So I always want to go. Oh my god, you look so great. Oh my god, tell me where you're from. Tell me about your whole life. You know. So I'm ready to do that. Now, is there anyone on the other side that you are saying the opposite for? Oh, there's this one guy that I don't really know about. I'm trying not to prejudge, but he seems like that kind of guy that's like likes to be known and in the center he's got like curly black hair and like a full black beard with like a mustache i don't know mm -hmm. i'm not trying to like prejudge but he just seems like he's cool and he's sweet but he's also like 
been like saying a lot of things every now and then. We're not we're supposed to talk. So mm-hmm. it's like, I'm like, hmm, where, uh, why are you trying to make your voice audible? Where's it coming from? Why? And then he, oh my God, he's one of those intense stare people. And I uh-huh. see him intensely staring at other people. In New York, you don't do that. You get hit. Nope, nope, you get nope, nope, pushed. Nope. You do not do that in New York. And I'm from New York. Okay? I was going to say, I'm from New Jersey. Like, I, I understand that. You 100% right? get it. We do not do that. And I know we're all trying to suss each other out. I'm probably doing it, but I'm at least trying to make sure it's a passing. Yeah. Stop for a second, park, pass, park, park, pass, run. You know what I mean? He's like, so yeah. that's already annoying me. Like I said, it was a pet peeve. It's already getting on my nerves. So. There we go. I mean, listen, no time like the present. When it comes to preparation, what have your processes been like for that? Um, It's been really like introspective, internal, my whys, um, thinking about why I'm here, like um, making sure I'm ready to be alone and getting comfortable with my inner monologue, which I do anyway. I'm very weird. I talk to myself all the time. Um. Did a lot of fire making, a lot of swimming, got a pass for the YMCA, was swimming all the time with and without a cap. Very different, by the way, swimming with a swim cap and without a swim cap. Well, I was going to say, I don't think there are any swim caps out <laughs> here on the island. It's crazy. Um, working out a lot, like body weight stuff, just trying to overall like I um, get comfortable with those moments where I want to stop. I've been explicitly pushing myself to moments where it feels like I'm going to die. And I'm like, keep going. Yeah. Like I've been doing that in a lot of my workouts just to get comfortable with being like, I cannot take a break. You know what I mean? So. That's been a big part of it. So let's talk about advantages. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a scenario right now. Let's say it's like day one, day two. Boat pulls up at your camp, and there's a guy on it, and you know what happens. He says yeah. one of you has to go on a journey. Are you trying to put yourself on there? Are you trying to put someone else out there? How do you approach that? I feel like you have to do some sort of um, thing that looks like you're not trying too hard. So like, get white rocks and a black rock, or draw yeah. sticks or something. That's my go-to because if I volunteer, it, it's all eyes on me now. Yeah. And I don't know if I, that early in the game, I would do that. Talk to me like maybe seven, eight, nine days in, I would do that. Mm-hmm. When it comes to advantages in general, is that something, because we've seen it be blessings and curses. Is that something you're actively looking for? Oh, yes. But you have to, I have to be really strategic about it. And I want to make sure like I go in a group, but we fan out a little bit because you can't go off by yourself. You just can't. But I'm definitely going to be looking 100% for advantages, 100% for idols. But I'm going to be really wary. Because with idols, there's so much fake stuff going around. Even if I did find an idol, I'd probably be excited and be like, it might be fake. So I'm going to just, I'm going to kind of act low key and pretend like I don't have it. And if I play it one day and it doesn't work and I go out, that's it. Because yeah. it's any, anything can happen. There's so much fake stuff out there. I'm obsessed with this idea of like the true teacher and camp counselor. You'd be like, okay, everybody, feel a trip <laughs> into the woods. We're all going to search for idols. I would love that. You know, I have to keep that part of me reserved. I'm a real step up, step back person. I am a leader at heart, but I also know like when to give other people agency and stuff. And mm-hmm. I like it, again, it's the it's the camp director teacher in me. So in a perfect world, I'd love to be like, so what should we do? How's everybody yeah. names? How are we doing? And like totally lead this whole thing. But I like I can't I can't do that. I mean, it's interesting because morale is certainly <laughs> something that's like affecting at camp. Yeah. And, and you certainly have the capacity to do so. But do you? See, wow. morale is different than leading, though. Mm-hmm. Morale, I feel like, is something like, come on, guys, we did our best. Like, or like, how's like, how are you feeling about X, Y? Starting conversations, probing. I'm great at that. And I definitely, for morale, I'll be that cheerleader 100%. But like, leading people explicitly in directions? Yeah. I don't know if I always want to be in that seat. Talk to me about decision making. When you make important decisions in your life, are you a gut person? Are you a, I have so many things to think through in my head person? Where do you ultimately lean? You know what I think gut is? I think gut and intuition is a collection of previous experiences that are similar. 
So it kind of educates your stomach and sets your sodar, in my case, off like, hmm. You know, it's not just a moment thing. It's it's a collection of experiences. So I definitely think I'm a gut person at first, but I also sit there and take the time to calculate any questions I have. Maybe my gut says, I don't have enough information. I need to ask questions, whether it's to myself, do I really want to do this? Or to other people or to, you know, other situations or draw back in my past. Where are some missing pieces here? Okay, informed decision, we can go. Are there any decisions that you've seen on Survivor that to the point we made earlier, you're... You're standing up off the couch being like, why did you do this? Uh, decisions? Yeah. Um, what was his name? Oh, my God. From that season, I can't remember. <sighs> he went around telling everybody he had knowledge is power, which just mm. took away the knowledge from the knowledge is power. I was like, why are you doing that? He was like, I don't know if you know, but I have knowledge is power. I can't remember his name right now. I'm like, why would you do that? That's a poor decision. Actually, it's not one poor decision. It's multiple decisions. <laughs> why are we doing this what would you say is your hottest survivor take something you know from either a person perspective or a season perspective or like even about the show in general hottest take to find that please i mean something that you would find probably more controversial to the general public i don't know that's a really t- tricky question like things we do in here that other people wouldn't approve of? No, I mean, things like, uh, you know, so-and-so isn't a good winner, or I like Final Four fire making, those kinds of things. Oh, I get what you're saying now. Oh, these were covered in the podcast. Um, I don't know. I'd bring back the auction. Yeah. It's gone. I really, really wanted to come back, and I saw a gavel in the preview of season 45, so maybe that means something. I don't know. Maybe you could look at the logo for the season. It's just a giant gavel, and all your manifests were manifesting mm-hmm. again. <laughs> would love that. What's, oh. what's your dream auction item? Spaghetti and bolognese with a glass of red wine. That is my, that's my favorite food oh, in the world. Me too, literally, with a garlic bread that's yep. chewy. I'm weird. I don't like crispy stuff. No, I'm, I'm totally like, give me the chewier bread, the better. Yes, with butter. Mm-hmm. Mm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Got well, me titillated on now. Well, let me finish things off with, with another reward-based question. If you could bring a celebrity or a fictional character out as a loved one for a loved one's visit, who would you pick? A celebrity or a fictional character? Uh-huh. Can it be a celebrity from Survivor? Yeah, sure. Sandra. Mm, you gotta get the <laughs> I just need here. her to say it's the queen stays queen. I need her to be in my presence. I want to hug her. I mean, maybe she's still around. I don't know if that giant head of her is oh still on the God. island somewhere. I would have loved to see the destruction of that. Not that I don't like Sandra, but that is like a Mount Rushmore. Like, how do you build that thing and then destroy it? I was there in person. It was unbelievable. Really? In, in like every sense of the syllable in those words. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. What, what do you, is it just like Sandra's personality? The way yeah, she plays? her personality and just like her, her overall demeanor that got her to win twice. That's some badass shit. Like, yeah. I, I want to be in I just want to be next to her, see how she moves, see her vibe. Definitely somebody I would want. Or Whitney Houston, too, because I love her. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Either, either or. She just popped into my head. Two very different people, but Whitney, God bless her soul. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, then they all, they all, that Sandra has that mama bear aspect to her, mm-hmm. too. So, like, if you're looking for that warm hug, you can get one from her, too. 100%. Whitney could have it as well, but, you know, she's saying I will always love you. Then you could have meaning from behind that. <laughs> I guess the last you're thing funny. I want to ask is, you know, let's, let's talk about it's still time in the mix before things start. What are you feeling? right now i'm ready you're just ready to go i feel like i belong here i feel like i'm ready i feel like i'm just down to connect it is so hard being in lockdown not being able to talk to people 
I, my soul is itching. Like we are, we are literally wired. If anything proves we are wired for human connection and love and belonging. Like it's absolutely ingrained in our DNA. And this experience of like not being able to come out of my shell yet is so unlike me. Like, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of stuff I'm saying in my head to myself. I want to talk to people and hug people and like talk. Yeah. So I'm ready to get going. Yeah. This is going to be a very stupid uh, analogy. It's like shaking up a bottle of soda. And oh. now you're ready for the pop. It's shaking up a bottle of me. Exactly. <laughs> this was so fantastic. Yay. This was so nice to get to know you. I'm so excited you to see too. What's, gonna, what's gonna happen over the next little bit. You know, we'll see how long. But once you hit that beach, I've I've full confidence that you're just gonna you're gonna shine and you're finally gonna be able to to do what you wanna do after <laughs> yeah. all these days. Thank you so much. All right, Mike. Refreshing. Mmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So duh. Duh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we're asking. Like, do you like soda? So, duh. I absolutely do. Of mm -hmm. course, as you mentioned, Rob, I think it came across in the interview how much fun I had getting to talk with her. And I think what's really fun about her is, yes, she does bring this positivity and this energy to her. But at the same time, I think she is very willing to cut people if need be. There is a bite to that bark. She brought it up in the her... Yeah, perhaps. Uh, she brought that up in her player comparisons, but the more she mentioned it, the more I kind of saw it. I think she's kind of is in the same family as Carla, in my opinion. Well, yes, she did mention Carla in the interview, and I'm interested to see how it's all going to go. I mean, that it's also interesting that the people that she said that she was vibing with, a couple of them are here in her tribe. Uh, she certainly mentioned Liz, who we talked about in our last podcast. I believe she mentioned Tevin, who we will talk about tomorrow. Um, did you get the sense of who was the woman that she was talking about? Well, Rob, you said a couple of people are on the same tribe as Soda that she's vibing with. Try all of them because the third one is Venus. Mm, okay. So I think we know. Maybe not very looking as good for Randon. Yeah, I think this is what I'm really forecasting is not to talk too much about like the Tevin stuff that we'll get into tomorrow, but really the way I'm forecasting Nami right now is that I think at least initially there really is going to be this kind of like odd squad trio of Liz, Tevin, and Soda who have all been looking at each other in the preseason, who have all been getting good vibes from each other in the preseason. I think if Soda wants uh, and Liz want to work with the women, then you easily bring in someone like Venus. I think Hunter is very much like a go-along to get-along type, especially the way that he's presenting himself. And he's probably the biggest physical asset in the tribe as well, so you would just want to keep him around. So now you can see a bit why maybe it's, it's it might be a bit poor for Randon. Yeah. Okay. Mike, do have we done any research in terms of like when people say they're vibing in the preseason, do they actually vibe once the game starts? I mean, the one thing that really sticks out to me, and maybe it's recency bias, but there was a lot of talk between like Brandon, Hannah and Emily in the preseason about like, oh, they're playing Game Boys. Oh, they're making great eyes at each other. And when we got to Lulu, we did see. Those three mm -hmm. vibe really well together. And the other three vibe really well together. Sabaya really was seeking out Caleb. She was one of the few people to really talk positively about Caleb in the preseason as well. So I think it really matters in that first episode. Yeah, in those and first couple of days, sure. And when you're going to tribal council in those first couple of days, that's basically all you have to go off of, barring any sort of like unforeseen circumstances. Okay, so maybe they don't go to too many tribals early on. 
Yeah, I mean, that would certainly be the hope. I do feel like, again, with no offense to the other tribes, Nami is a bit of like the, this tribe must be protected at all costs because I do think it's going to be such an interesting mix of personalities. Soda herself included. I think she is just a lot of fun. Now, look, the other side of the coin of playing with eccentric people as an eccentric person yourself is that there's a chance it could come to pieces quickly. I do think especially with Soda and Tevin, you'll get more of a sense in my interview tomorrow. I think they are either going to be best friends, worst enemies, or both. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, you know, like, like, like sort of attracts like, but then at the same time, I can imagine there's a bit of a Highlander situation down the line of like, well, there can only really be one of us sunny personalities that can shine through to the end of the game. Mike, what else had your Sodar going off in this interview? Don't you love that? The Sodar? It sounds like uh, the way JFK would try to announce her name if he was Jeff Probst. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, but uh, Mike, what else from Soda? So I think a couple things are working against Soda. One of these things is... You think again, she could I come out flat? I mean, I don't think she's coming out flat. I think she's bubbling early on. That might be an issue. I will again evoke the Elaine comparison that I talked about with Liz. And I think there is this hyper awareness in the new era where if people are really liking Soda and she was a person that was talked about a good amount as well, not nearly as much as anonymous bald guy, a bearded guy alternate. Oh my which God. Has been the talk yeah. of the town now across all of Survivor fandom now that like the name has been thrown out there so many times. Put this guy on another season. This might Put be this the man bottom on the traitors, you cowards. This might be the bottom level of the survivor iceberg. I think we have finally hit the lowest level. Find of this the person abyss. on social media, somebody. Reddit detectives are going crazy right now trying to figure out. Redman, where are you? <laughs> but I do think that a lot of people were talking about how much they love Soda's energy. And that's going to work super great early on, especially when she's talking about she wants to provide that morale, but she doesn't want to be like, the head cheerleader. You know, mm -hmm. she doesn't want to be like, go team, but also you should be doing this because that can be very deadly. At the same time, I can't not think that the worm is going to turn at some point for Soda where mm -hmm. people are going to say, how are we going to let her get to the end? Yeah. She is way too likable. Well, she made the Marianne comparison. That's definitely, I think, something that could be working against her. People are like, okay, well, like, remember what happened with Marianne? We let her get to the end. And then just, uh, you know, like, she's so likable. It could be somebody that we're sleeping on. Yeah. And I think also, speaking of Marianne, there is a chance that maybe her personality does rub people the wrong way early on. She does mention to me, uh, I think people are going to perceive me as smart, calculating, and adept. I could be perceived as a threat or annoying. Hmm. And we saw that with Marianne as well, right? That like when she's wielding that machete and doing what we love about her so much, it did not let Taku really love her as much as well, even if she was more firmly protected than the edit showed. You know, she might have been in danger if Taku had gone to tribal council again in the pre-merge. I think what makes that Orange Tribe different than this Orange Tribe is, again, I think Soda is surrounded by these bigger personalities that I think it kind of serve as her own silly shields, even though Liz is trying to have Soda serve as her own, where like, Yes, Soda on another tribe might stick out a bit more as extra, but like this tribe is a pack of extra gum. You know, there's so much extraness happening here, delightfully so, that I don't know if she'll be as singled out early on. The only other thing that I have that's giving me some reserve about Soda early on 
is the challenges. Mm -hmm. You know, she has been doing a lot of work. She's been putting in a lot of the physical effort. She feels like she can lift a lot of weight. It's clear she's been putting in a lot of effort there, but she does fear that she's not physically up to snuff. You know, this is someone who seems to come across like she's not typically that physically active. And so, yes, while she did have to kind of flip a switch in preparation for the game, maybe she'd suffer against some of these more natural athletes. I'm still looking on the bright side of the Carla comparison where Carla, perhaps due to her body type, was maybe a bit underestimated coming in for like, okay, will she do as well in the challenges as some of these more physical people? And then look at her. She ended up being one of the people alongside Cassidy and Owen to crush those post-merge challenges. So she's setting, I think, a bit of a lower bar for herself than she should. Okay. Mike, anything else on Soda? I mean, I got to bring up what she mentions in her bio and her video about getting married super young to a man from Brazil. She had only known six months. Okay. Love is love, man. Shines mm-hmm. through. Yeah. And she said that that was a mistake. No, she loves it. Oh, good. There that was, was good. In her videos, there are like pictures of her being like, I'm so happy and in love. Uh, that's the other thing about Soda that I think makes her also, again, really bond well with Liz is this idea that like, They're both so sure of themselves. It's not like this thing of, oh, I'm quirky and I'm fun, but also I don't really know about my personality and how this fits in with everything. I think these two, and we'll bring in Tevin in particular, that'll sort of serve as the third of this uh, possible triangle, love who they are in so many ways. And they allow that to shine through. And so that will help them in the game until it ends up hurting them. But I think also allow them to be bold in the way that they want to you know i'm fully expecting soda to like take this game by the horns okay all right let's see what happens for soda we've only got two more people to talk about it's tevin and venus coming up tomorrow yeah so we're gonna reach the end of the road here rob the final installment Exactly. And we're taking a stop off at Planet Tevin (laughs) on the way as we get into the last two interviews. And then we'll get a full assessment of this NAMI tribe. Rob, I'd love to hear your overall thoughts on how these six are going to mesh together now that we get the full picture. But this has really been so much fun. This has been an absolute treat. A very fun ride so far, of course. Uh, If you wanted to catch the videos of anybody you missed, you could do that at robswebsite.com slash YouTube. We've tried to number these podcasts as well, so you can uh, listen back to what we had to say every single day. Mike Bloom has been working so hard doing uh, the Lord's work, and I don't mean Jeff or Tom Cruise, over at Parade. Lord, I mean Tom. (laughs) Yes, uh, at this point, I am done releasing all of my cast interviews. I did them nine days straight. All of them are out right now. If you want written reminders, perhaps, of the cast, you could go and check that out. I'm also putting out some interview roundups, uh, you know, some overall articles compiling the answers that these castaways have made. The first one was about their Survivor hot takes. Next, we mentioned uh, Alternate Beard Guy. I'm going to be talking about the times that these people were actually talking about the castaways that will be on the show, but giving a bit of their pregame assessments. To your point, Rob, we'll see how important it bears out once the feet actually hit the sand. But I still think very fun to gauge how these people are viewing each other in the preseason. Should have a Jeff interview coming out soon as well. Make sure you don't miss a beat at a Mike Bloom type on social media and Cameo if it suits you. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you've got everything that we have for you when you go to robertswebsite.com slash subscribe. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.